Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. in week three of this series called Miracles. This is the week, this is the last week of, of Jesus's life on this earth. And, and, and think about it. Everything for the last 33 years has been moving towards this, this week, this moment, that he's going to give his life for the sake of the world. And so, you know, he's down to the last week and, and everything is heightened, right? Conversations have more meaning. The time he's spending with his disciples are, 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 are very important and they're, and they're just, there's a hyper awareness, amen, because this is, this is part of, this is of him making history. And he's coming into Jerusalem for the next to the last time he'll ever make that journey until he returns, right, in the clouds. And he's deeply stirred. The Bible says that he weeps over the city. He sees the city and he weeps. He, he just says, you know, in his heart, it's just, if they had just repented, if they just turned to God, and he's, and is, he's got such a passion for them. And then, and then as he's making his way towards the city, he stops and uh, he's, they, they, they pause for a minute and he, and he picks out two of his disciples and he sends them into the city with some specific instructions. I mean, it's very detailed instructions. And he tells them that, you know, they're, 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 what they're going to see, what they're going to find before he even gets there. It just reminds me, and I think there's a little secondary message in this, that no matter where you think you, where you have been or where you are, Jesus sees. He, he knows what you're going through. Amen. He sees. So you can be assured that Jesus knows exactly where you are and what's going on in your life. Amen. Well, let's, let's look at the story. It's in Luke chapter 19. It's a story that's in all four of the Gospels uh, because it's important. And, and all of the writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell the story in it from different, different points of view. And... Uh, so let's start. It, it starts at, in, uh, it's in Luke chapter 19. And uh, after telling the story, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up to verse 28, okay? So it, you, you're, I'm going to give you a little bit more of the story. We don't, don't have it on the board, but if you have your Bibles with you, you can join me. Just go to Luke 19 and starting at verse 28. After telling the story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem walking ahead of his disciples. And as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. And as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it, to, bring it here. And if anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said, and sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. And as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of this, 
all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. What I love about this is that I love that there are some things that the, the, the disciples were able to do exactly what Jesus said and, and they come to the place where, where, that he had described, and there tied to a post is the donkey that he said was going to be there. And we don't know much about this donkey. We really don't. We, we, uh, Jesus said it was going to be one that had never been ridden. It was a young donkey. I don't know why no one had ever ridden on it before. Uh, maybe it was too young, but I don't think it was that because Jesus rode on it and it, you know, took care of him. Okay, but maybe it had always been a, a donkey that just carried goods, or maybe for some reason he had uh, uh, a hitch in his giddy up, or maybe he wasn't a very comfortable donkey to ride. You know, there's some uh, you just don't know. We don't know any, too much about this. So there he is just a beast of burden, ordinary, tied to a post, and just waiting there for the next thing that he's going to carry. Little did he know, right? Little did he know that the next call in his life was going to be the biggest and most fulfilling moments that he would ever, ever experience. And I love that. I think in there, you know, I think about you know, maybe I have a kind of too wild of an imagination, but I think in, if, if, you know, when they got back home that day and, you know, he was having his donkey conversations, this was probably one that was going to be reminisced about for many years on, right? Got to uh, tell his uh, grand donkeys and great grand donkeys, right? I don't know, <laughs> you know, uh, about this, this moment that uh, the day he, an ordinary, never been ridden donkey, carried the king of all heaven, Jesus the Savior to the people. Uh, amen? To the people who would celebrate him as a, a, the Messiah. And wow, can you imagine that? I mean, they're cutting palm branches down and, and uh, laying their robes down. It was a miraculous event. And it happened because a donkey carried Jesus to the people. And, uh, you know, some of the details in that moment, you think about it, it this, this happened during the, the celebration of Passover. So uh, at Passover was one of those times that, and it was in the spring, this time of the year, uh, where all the people of Israel were gathering to celebrate, they celebrate the, 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 um, their deliverance from Egypt and how they came out of slavery and into freedom. It's kind of an Independence Day celebration. It'd be similar to our 4th of July, you know. It was, you know, freedom. And they're, they're having this big celebration. Everybody came to Jerusalem to do that. It was also the time that none of them would come empty-handed. They would all come with their first fruits offering. So there was a great celebration as they prepared for the first fruits offering. There was a great celebration of the Passover together. And, uh, and so, I mean, the place is packed. And if you've ever been to Jerusalem, you know, you know, some of those, some of those alleys and roadways, they're, they're not big enough to, to support a big crowd, okay? And, and I don't, we've got so much space in, in the, where, the way we live in America that it, it's hard for us to even imagine how crowded and packed that city was. 
And how is he going to get through there? People, you know, it's just bursting at the seams, making it impossible. I don't think I've ever probably experienced anything like that except maybe at, you know, probably at the, at the Moda Center right now, you know, uh, at halftime. It's going to be like that, trying to get through the crowd or at a, at a you know, something like that. But, it, you know, this is the way it is. Hundreds of people. And, uh, and here comes Jesus riding on a donkey, right? Fulfilling a prophetic word that it had been foretold uh, hundreds of years before in Zechariah 9.9. 9, it says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious. He is humble and riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. You know, they, they knew it was going to come. They knew that this day was going to be here, but they never couldn't have imagined that it would happen like it did. It was incredible celebration. And, and what it, was it made possible by? A donkey who carried Jesus to the people. And that's the miracle today. That's the miracle I want to talk about. The miracle of the donkey is simply that God would choose to use a donkey to carry the Savior, to carry Jesus, to make him visible in the crowd, to lift him up, to elevate him, to, to make him visible to all the world. And come on, everybody, listen, that's why we're here as a church, amen? That's one of our values, our core values at Anthem Church. We're here to make him visible, to elevate him, to lift him up, to represent his goodness to the world. Come on, somebody say amen. That's the miracle of the donkey, and, that, and I think, you know, that's the miracle of the opportunity we have today also. However, I think it becomes difficult sometimes. And I think it becomes difficult for us sometimes because there's things in our life that kind of put the, put the, put the uh, uh, maybe kind of make Jesus more invisible than visible. Somebody say, oh me, instead of amen, right? I know it happens to me, right? And I, and I wrote down three things that, that make Jesus invisible instead of making him more visible to our world. Uh, and here's the things that make Jesus invisible. And the first one is simply wanting our own way. Wanting our own way. You know, that'll definitely make Jesus more invisible. And, and I don't know if you know this or not, but donkeys have a reputation. Donkeys have a little reputation. How many know what the reputation of a donkey is? Yeah, yeah, they're stubborn. They're stubborn. They, they don't... They, when they don't want to go, they're not going to go. I mean, they, when they plant those feet and, and just say, you're not, I'm not going anywhere, this is where I'm going to stay, I mean, you got to beat that thing, beat that thing, whip that thing, beat that thing, all you, you know, animal uh, activists here, uh, you know, you would not like, you would not like what happens to a donkey when he just sets his mind and says, I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> They're the most ornery as they come, man, I'm telling you. And yet Jesus uses a donkey to get the job done. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I would have chosen a donkey. Okay, if I'd have been Jesus, right? If I was Jesus, I, would, I, wouldn't, use, I wouldn't have used a donkey. I'd have chose maybe, you know, some high-stepping stallion, you know, a, a uh, Arabian, you know, kind of Arabian, right? Uh, just a... Uh, 
horse or something, or maybe, you know, a Clydesdale, right? Jump up on a Clydesdale, man. Move, right? The, the whole crowd just passes. He goes right on through, right? You know there's a king right in that, right? Or maybe the centurion. Remember the centurion? He healed Jesus' daughter. and The dude probably had a white stallion. You know, he's a leader of a Roman uh, uh, group, you know, or soldiers, right? Maybe he had a white stallion. You know, he just pranced into town. Man, you're the king, right? That's what I'd have chosen, but he chose a donkey, a donkey. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, Jesus did it for a purpose, right? Because, uh, you know, he wanted to show us that even a donkey can submit and, and do what God ha would have him to do. And uh, a stubborn Wanting, uh, wanting its own way, donkey, right? Look what the Bible says. It reminds us in 1 Corinthians 10, 24, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. You know, we want our own way, right? But Jesus said, if you'll just surrender that and seek for the good of others, we can, we can take the cover off and make Jesus more visible, amen? The second thing that I think makes Jesus invisible even in his followers, it is wanting everything for ourselves, right? We want things for ourselves. I want this, I want that. I, you know, I begin concerned with all the things that I want to consume. And uh, man, you know, I'm guilty of this. I, I'm even guilty of this, and to my shame, when it comes to the ministry, because you know, I, I, uh, I want our church to be overflowing. You know, I, I want. Sometimes for me, I want people to get saved for me, for my reputation as a pastor. So, so, you know, that, and I'm more interested sometimes in what, you know, th th those things because I'm, I'm wanted for myself. And, I, and I'm, you know, we all get caught up in those type of things. Come on, say, oh me, or amen. Oh me. <laughs> but Philippians, Paul said in Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride. But in humility, consider others more important than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, unfortunately, we live in a culture today that is very narcissistic, and that is, and the culture has engineered, engineered an environment that causes us to think about ourselves, and this is proven, to think about ourselves 90, with 96% of our thoughts. 96% of your thoughts are about you. And, uh, and that just has a tendency to make Jesus invisible to others around us. And, and because we're not thinking about others. The, the third thing that I think makes Jesus invisible is us wanting to be, appear important. <laughs> you know, in the word pride, right in the middle is the letter I. I. And uh, in 1 John 2.16, it says, For the world offers a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, right? We want it. And pride in our achievements and possessions. We want people to think, hey, you look good. You're looking good, man. You got it together. And then he goes on to say, these are not from the Father, but are from this world. And I don't know, when I, when I start feeling like I'm important, then I, then I start thinking that the outcome is my responsibility and that, the, the, that, that I'm in charge of the outcome. 
and I think I'm that important, right? But God wants us to, to step aside from that importance, and that will make Jesus invisible to the world around us. And so I think it's perfect that Jesus chose a donkey, right? He knew what he was doing. You know, he, when he described it perfectly to the disciples, they knew what they were gonna, what, where they were going and, and what they were gonna find. And then, you know, I think, I, I think about that situation. I think, you know, they start untying this donkey and all of a sudden the owner runs out and say, hey, hey, what are you doing? You know, I think if you're leaving here and you open the door to your car and somebody just stepped in front of you and said, thank you very much, the master needs his car, and slammed the door, I mean, you'd, you'd be in a fist fight in the parking lot trying to pull him out of the car, right? So, you know, what do you get? Uh, but this owner heard these words, the, master, the, the Lord needs it. And I think today those words are still having an impact. And I think Jesus still speaks those words to us. The Lord needs it. But, but, you know, he's just a donkey, you might say. He's just a donkey, but the Lord needs it. Well, she's just a barista. The Lord needs her. He's, he, but he's just a student or a construction worker, but the Lord needs him. He's a business owner, a bricklayer, a construction worker, but the Lord needs him. A bus driver, accountant, bank president, congresswoman. Are you feeling me? He needs it. He needs them. Jesus needs them. And the Lord is looking for ordinary, nothing special, young, not even broken, and in this case, a donkey, to carry Jesus to the people. And I think he was thinking of us. I think he was thinking about Anthem Church. I think he had in mind this service, this group of people, this time, this moment knowing that we would look at this and go, he does use the ordinary. He does use the least likely. He does use things that maybe we wouldn't use to bring Jesus to the people. And if God could needs and uses a donkey to bring Jesus to the world, how much more could he use our lives, amen? How much more does he need us to carry Jesus to our world. And folks, we can do that. We can do that, amen? Listen, God needs us to carry Jesus to our world in, in, uh, and, and this is the way we make it happen. I put three things in, in your notes of how we can make that happen. First, we need to commit. We need to make a commitment. We need to make a commitment and say, you know, I'm gonna have my eyes and my ears open to every opportunity to carry Jesus to others. We just have to commit to open our eyes and ears. You know, uh, Jesus had been in and out of Jerusalem for many times. I think he, 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 maybe he had even seen this donkey tied up in this specific place, just waiting for an assignment, same position, just waiting there, just waiting there, waiting for someone to come along, say, hey, you need, need, need to put a load on your back, right? And uh, waiting for an opportunity. 
And Jesus said, I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow. I'm going to borrow this donkey. You know, I love that Jesus is a borrower. Jesus, he's a borrower. The scriptures are full of places where uh, uh, he borrows things. You know, how many know a borrower? You know, are you a, maybe you're a borrower, right? You got things in your, in your garage that you borrowed uh, five years ago, all right? And they're still yours. But, you know, and you, you don't feel bad about it because it's part of the community, right? I mean, we're all together in this, right? Uh, you know those kind of people, right? You go over to their house and you go, hey, uh, isn't that my tool there in your garage? You go, yeah, I borrowed that from you a few years ago, but, you know, and then go right on. Don't even think about it, right? Don't, don't even offer it back. Jesus was a borrower. Think about it. He borrows a, a donkey to ride into Jerusalem. He borrows a manger to sleep in at his birth. He borrows a boat so he can preach to multitudes. He borrows a kid's lunch to feed 5,000. He borrows a upper room to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. And he borrows a grave, a tomb, for just three days. Come on, are you with me? Jesus is a borrower. And guess what? We're in our ordinary and everyday life, you know what? Just being where we do, being who we are and doing what we do, Every once in a while, he wants to borrow us. He wants to set, he sets up a situation. He sets up a circumstance. He sends somebody our way and says, you know what? Will you carry Jesus to them? And we've got to be ready for that moment. We've got to commit to say, you know what? I'm going to have my eyes open. I'm going to have my ears open. I'm going to be waiting for that special moment because the Lord needs it. And he's waiting for us to be available. He just wants us to commit to be available. Come on, how many say, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm going I'm to be available, right? Then it's not like it's something, it's going to just pop out and be some special moment, you know, or all of a sudden you're going to walk into a room and you're going to feel tingling in your hands or start seeing lights, you know, kind of piercing or, or uh, you know, something hovering over, you know. Come on, it's not going to be like that. It just means in your ordinary everyday life, something's going to be different. And if you commit and say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient when you point that out. And I'm going to be looking. I'm going to keep my ears open, my eyes open. Guess what? He will set you up. He will set up the situation. And he will, and he will use you in an incredible way. And he'll create miracle open doors for us to step through. Amen? Here's the second way that we can make the, uh, Jesus visible to our world is just to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And in that sensitivity, be aware of the needs of people around you. And I love this. I could have put it this way. You need to cultivate the soil before you sow the seed. Uh, you, are you with me? You need to cultivate the soil before you sow a seed. And what, how do you do that? Uh, you know, here's the, here's the saying that most of you have heard before, but I, I'll tell you, it bears repeating. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And I'll tell you, in our environment, in our culture, it's so important for us to, to, to let people know that we really care. And we can't, we can't do that if we're all about ourselves, right? 
We got to get outside of ourselves. We got to go, we got to serve somebody and we got we to care for them. And when we start caring for them where they're at, we care for them in their pain. We care for them in the, what they're going through. We care about what they're facing. We care enough to get close enough to them and say, you know what, you matter to me. And when we, they know that they matter, then that ground has been all tilled up and all prepared. And you can drop a seed in that soil, a seed for the kingdom of heaven, and it's going to bear some fruit. Amen? I mean, look at 1 Peter 2.12. It says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, and man, you can see Christians being accused all over the place. Though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. It's about seeing your good deeds, amen? They have to see if they're going to, to know that you really care. I grew up on a farm, right? I grew up planting every spring. We, we you know, there'd be bags of seed, and bags of fertilizers delivered from the, 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 the uh, companies that, that sold that, the ag companies. And, uh, and we'd, get, we'd, we'd be ready to plant, but we never took that seed and just went out on the field and threw it on, the, on, the, on top of the ground. Because that wouldn't work. We had to go in first and plow and drag and disc. Back in the day when you had to do all that. <laughs> now it's a lot, it's easier to do, a lot easier, easier done. But we had to cultivate the soil before it was ready for a seed. And in, in our lives, in the people around us, in our world, you know, who do we need to cultivate the soil? Who do we need to show that we care, that they are important, that they matter to us? Amen. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God was making it grow. So, listen, we've got to cultivate the soil before we sow a seed. We've got to let them know that they, they mean, they matter to us, and that we care about them. Amen? And that changes, that makes Jesus visible to our world. And last of all, to make Jesus visible in, to our world, we need to let God know that we're available just where we're at, and trust him to put you in the right place at the right time. See, God has a, an amazing way of working our lives into the right place at the right time. He does. And you think, but man, how, what, how, how, what am I going to say? What, how am I going to get this done? Well, listen, that's what I love about God. If you're available to Jesus every day, then he begins to start opening doors for you. You see, God, I'm available. I'm, I, I'm, I know you're going to put me in the right place at the right time. Well, then you watch. You'll find yourself in a place that you never thought possible. And when you make yourself available like this donkey, God uses you according to his power in, in, a, in an amazing way. Now, now don't, go, don't go home and tell somebody that you, you know, your spouse, well, Pastor Brad said, God can use a donkey like you to bring Jesus to the world, right? No, no, I, I didn't say that. But <laughs> Ephesians 3.20 says this, and I love this, because it's God's promise to us that if we'll be available, then this is what he'll do. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work where? His mighty power at work where? Within us. It's God's power working inside of you. 
that makes this happen. It all makes it happen. You, know, you just have to be available. You just have to know, hey, maybe God's going to set up a right time, right place. And I just, I'm just going to be there. And here's the promise in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that in God, oh, let me go back to his power working within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. See, there's great power inside of you. You don't even know that it's there, but because you're his and you're connected to him and you make yourself available, listen, he will do more than we could ever ask or think. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Man, we get the job done. We can bring Jesus to our world. We can carry Jesus to our world. God, could God actually need you? Yes, he does. He does. Could God need his people to carry Jesus to the world that they live in? He does. And could he use us? Absolutely. He uses all kinds of things in our life. Maybe it's the story of patience we had to have through a trial or through a storm or through a heartache. Maybe it was the, the pain in our story, our ups and our downs and how God brought peace in the midst of that. Just telling your story to somebody at the right place, at the right time, because we're available. Does God need us to do that? Yes, he does. Absolutely. And if he'll use a donkey, come on. If you'll use a donkey to bring Jesus to this world, you know, let's carry. Let's, let's, let's join that donkey and carry Jesus. Come on. Let's carry his love. Let's carry his peace. Let's carry his joy. Let's be carriers of his hope. Let's be carriers of him just as we are in our ordinary, in our weakness, in our pain to the world around us because guess what? They need him. And God needs us to do just that. Amen? And when we do it, we will see an amazing thing happen. We'll see the world come as we bring Jesus and celebrate the Savior of the world. Amen? Next week, we're going we're gonna to celebrate the, the Savior of the world. Listen. Let's, let's, let's pray. Let's invite. Let's celebrate. Let's make Jesus visible to our world. Let's cultivate the soil. Just set up some, set up some good deeds. Make it happen. Amen. And let the message of your life just draw people to the Savior. Carry Jesus to your world. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.